Rocky Popular Outcast production. Today is January 26th, and we are recording episode 48. Wow, that's like a nice round number. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be aired on the 1st of February, just in time for Valentine's Day. Get your loved one and sit down and listen to the Portable Power Podcast <laughs> two weeks early. Oh my gosh. I don't know. That's that's how you go about it when you want to get the good good. <laughs> good, good, good. Or as Chris Rao likes to say, vaginal intercourse with a woman. <laughs> this is the only portable video games podcast that doesn't give a damn about Doctor Who. Well, <laughs> doesn't give a damn about Stephen Moffat leaving Doctor Who. I, I, st- I still give a damn about Doctor Who. I understand that you two are varying degrees of disenfranchised. But. I, I give a damn now that I know he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I feel. I want him out, ousted. My name is Emrys Smith. And I'm joined here by Stephen Moffat, apologist. Mark Matters. <laughs> and rational hipster. <laughs> Kevin Seibert. <laughs> Mark. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good. Yeah. So are you um, saddened and distraught by that soon-to-be-departed Stephen Moffat? I, okay, like I said before the show started, <laughs> there are some really great episodes in his run it's just as a whole he wasn't the best and it was a very very uh youth focused i mean as the audience being youthful it's very youth focused and, and very accessible show so you're using the it was made for kids excuse uh, i would i would argue like late teens early 20s not not necessarily kids but yeah mm, okay. but there are some really great episodes in there uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> Besides Stephen Moffat's Kool-Aid, of course. Oh. <laughs> um, shit, fuck, hold on. I forgot to have a drink! <laughs> <laughs> we should not edit that out. That's, that's the greatest sound. <laughs> that re- really is. <laughs> Just disappearing into the distance. Oh, uh, sorry. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well. Also, editing is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Um, I just pulled a uh, 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 Mississippi mud out of the refrigerator. This is a oh, shit. black and tan porter and pilsner. It comes in a big motherfucking jug. Does it make you racist? Um, <laughs> I'm already there, baby. Um, <laughs> mm, that's good. It's dark. Porter and pilsner. I think I've drank it on the show before. Mississippi mud, black and tan. It's got an alligator on the fucking bottle. Sounds rustic. Mm. What have you been playing that's not for the podcast? I've been trying to like finish Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X, which I reviewed last episode. And I admit, last episode I was in- inebriated enough that like I gave a pretty shitty review of the game, like a shitty quality review. Like I, I everything I said was true, but um, I just feel like it was a low quality. And I really do. I'm really enjoying the game, but also like finishing that game 
I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture for you. This is a metaphor. Finishing that game is like imagine trying to just have sex with like drywall, and you're just like <laughs> repeatedly slamming your penis into like a hard surface, you're expecting at some point like penetration. Fiberglass is really good on your dick too. Yeah. So that's how I would I would describe my current experience with the game. I guess I don't know. That's that's delightful. Yeah. Okay, and the question of the week is: Would you subscribe to a podcast that I record on the can while I take number two? <laughs> it's it's going to be called the Corn Log. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, my initial reaction is hell yeah. But then, like, I'm, I'm all I'm, like, I think it would be hilarious. It's a hilarious concept, but like I, the background noises, I, I would, <laughs> I would start to dry heave, and I would not be able to. <laughs> when you have a really wet one, and you just like the, <laughs> it, like coming out, like I just couldn't stomach that shit. So I would have to, I would have to pass unless you, I don't know, unless you put some kind of like noise filter on there, but. Yeah, well, it would. It, we're just in the initial, you know, this is the temperature testing phase of okay. deployment, so... So how long could an episode be, though? Oh, it'd be like five minutes. Okay. I wasn't sure how long your poo was. Well, it can vary. Yeah. But there would be frequent updates. It's <laughs> 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 the big draw. If you ever yeah. just wanted to listen in, there'd always be a new episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and the good thing is you'd uh, you'd always have plenty of uh, episodes ready to go because you could probably get quite a backlog. Oh, <laughs> you'd always have one in the can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. That's good. Um, what have you been playing? That's not for the podcast. I've been playing a number of things. Probably um, out of the things that I'm not playing for the show, what I've been playing the most is Splatoon. Oh, yeah. I'm curious how you've taken to that game, seeing, seeing as that you're not really a competitive gamer. You're not really a shooter fan. Like, there's a lot I wouldn't think you would like. Yeah. You know, it has really great art design oh, yeah. and sound design, and the maps are fun, and the weapons are all very unique. Mm-hmm. And it's not your traditional shooter in any sort of way. Like, I did not expect to like it. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna, I was content to just ignore it. Um, but one of my friends got it. You know, one of the few people in the world who actually owns a Wii U. Mm-hmm. And had me come over and play a couple of rounds of it. And it was really fun, so I ended up picking it up. Awesome. I played the Global Test Fire, and I liked it, but I, I, didn't, I couldn't see myself buying it. Um, the single-player mode is actually really good, too. Like, oh. it's short. But uh, the the mission designs are interesting in that, like, it's an effective tutorial for online play. Okay. Uh, like, it teaches you everything that you need to know while still being fun level design. Cool. Do you have any trouble with matchmaking? Like, does it take a long time to put a game together? Uh, it never takes more than, like, a couple of minutes, but the matchmaking is sort of horrendous. It will frequently pair me with... People who are like the Mac, the level cap is level fifty. I'm currently level twenty one. It'll so it'll regularly pair me with level fifties and level threes in the same game. 
So it's really just sort of all over the place. So, you know, I'll have some games where I'm in with a bunch of, like, much higher level players and I'll get just destroyed. Mm-hmm. Or, I'll you know, I'll get put in with somebody who's, you know, like a bunch of, like, level fives or whatever, and I'll just stomp all over everybody. <laughs> like, and, and th- at times that's fun. Like, I, I got put in with somebody whose username was Mommy. <laughs> and, like, you know, instead of saying that you killed somebody, it's a Nintendo game, they don't say that. It says that you splatted them, so oh, you kept yeah. being like, splatted mommy! <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> Which yeah. just sounds dirty, and I like it. <laughs> what you're saying is... <clears throat> and make this is what the game needs. Perfect match. <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, I'll bring the veil. You bring the groom, slender and pale. Bring Mark, me a ring. How much love. have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I took a couple really big swigs so far. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's uh, matchmaker from Fiddler on the Roof. Come on. Yeah. I Anyway. Well, no, I, I was asking because that's, a, like, a common problem with online games that have uh, a small player base is that matchmaking tends to be total horseshit. Yeah. So it either matches you with terrible people or people way better than you, or it takes a really long time. And- yeah, I mean, it can be frustrating when there's a bad match made and when you just get put in with people who are, like, way out of your league or with just complete shitheads like i had a i had a game where i was just completely going nuts like you know i like probably the best game of my life it it was a ranked mode game so it it wasn't uh you know cover the most turf it was cap i think it was uh control the towers or whatever it's called and i ended up holding a platform entirely by myself against you know all of the enemy team got 17 kills only died three times shit and we still lost because my teammates could not hold a platform. Like, the three of them could not hold a platform by themselves when I was, you know, holding off the entire enemy team on my own. Wow. wow. So, like, when you get matches like that made, it's really horrible. But then, you you know, sometimes you get really great groups that are, you know, that feel good. And that's sort of what I hold out for. Cool. Yeah. What are you drinking? A Moscow Mule. Oh, shit. Which is ginger beer and vodka. Right. And uh, I made it using vodka that I bought at a local craft distillery. Oh shit! Local vodka? Yeah, I was I was driving to Philadelphia like two weekends ago, and I was uh, like taking the back way, and I just saw that a craft distillery had just opened mm-hmm. called Eight Oaks. It's in New Tripoli, Pennsylvania. Um, so I stopped and did. They had um spirit tasting that they were doing. They had. A vodka, a white rum, and an applejack that they had ready. Wow. And they also have a rye that's not going to be ready for like two more years yet. Shit. Um, <laughs> and gin that is currently in the process as well. Because like they had literally opened a week before I just dropped in. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know they existed. I just saw them and stopped. But yeah, I, I liked their vodka best. Uh, it has like a hint of vanilla. Like there's no there's no vanilla actually in it. That's just like the flavor that they distilled into it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about spirits, but I like it, and it's pretty good. Cool. Would you subscribe to the Corn Log? You know, 
It's a tough question. Um, I would definitely <laughs> listen to it. I don't know if I would listen to every episode. <laughs> like, it would really depend, you know, like, if, if I heard there's some kind of highlight of the episode, like, you know, maybe some kind of really impressive skid mark. <laughs> it would be all about the ambience for me, like, mm. you know, the the gross poo noises, like, yeah. I would definitely have to hear those to make it worth my while. Mm. So you'd, you'd be more interested in, like, a digest sort of uh, experience. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> maybe you could read the Reader's Digest jokes on the can. While you digest. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll give it more thought then. Yeah, I, I definitely want you to do this podcast, and and you know, five minutes is about the right spot. It's just that I do most of my podcast listening at work, and I need to be ready to explain why I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Emrys, what are you drinking? I'm drinking peach tea. It's Ooh. hot tea. Celestial seasonings, peach white tea, something. I don't know what it's called. All right. It's pretty good. It's cold now because I made it an hour and a half ago. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Cold, hot tea. Yeah, yeah. What have you been playing? I have been playing just an absolute fuckload of Diablo 3. Oh, shit. And I have a really great story about it. But before that, I want to mention that I am still playing 10 billion lives. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, I've actually gotten to the point where it no longer records how much love I've earned because I've presumably reached the cap for the actual data like, the number can only be so big, wow. and it has stopped getting bigger. So, so, I mean, what is there left to do? Nothing. I'm just trying to get all the wives up to 200, which is impossible. It's like, mm. it's never going to happen. I want to keep playing it until it breaks, basically. <laughs> so, it's already broken. Kill screen. Yeah. I think once it reaches, like, 18 septillion, uh, it'll just stop accumulating more, and then that'll be the cap for the most... Mm-hmm. Right now, I can I look at it like every twelve hours or so, and I have about one point two septillion wow. in that amount of time. So it'll be it'll be a while before I think it completely breaks. But I want to get all the wives up to like two hundred. Yeah. Okay, Diablo three. Oh yeah, that. So I've been playing on hardcore mode because I'm a doofus, and in hardcore mode you die permanently. So like all of the gear that's on your character. And all of the experience and everything you've earned goes away. Like, except for a few things, like your storage and then their Paragon points you keep those. Everything else is gone when you die. And I've been going really well. I went for 64 hours without dying on this one character. Okay. And so I was really happy, but I was feeling frustrated, like I had reached a plateau. So I decided I was going to switch up my thinking. I unequipped all of my gear. I took everything off, and I put it in my storage, and I went out naked to fight zombies on the easiest difficulty level. Mm. Because when you're level one, you start out basically naked, and you fight zombies. Yeah. And they, they're, it's fine. Like, so I thought on the easiest difficulty level, even at level 70, like it, would, it would just be, you know, I would just be punching them, and it would be fine. So I go, and I punch a zombie, and it doesn't take any damage at all. Hmm. And then it hits me and kills me instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It kills me instantly. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like an, oh shit, these zombies are actually going to hurt me. I better run away. It was just, you're dead. (laughs) 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 The easiest monster in the game on the easiest difficulty will kill you immediately. Wow. Even on the easiest difficulty level, yeah. That was a shocking surprise. Uh... 
fortunately, I had unequipped all of my gear, so I still have all my high-level gems and like all my level 70 gear in my box. And I just have to level somebody back up. But yeah, it was really tragic. <laughs> it felt bad. Don't do it. If you get the urge to punch zombies, do it with some pants on, at least. <laughs> That's generally how I approach it. I don't know if the question will be complies to me. Well, I mean, okay, in, in another world where someone else came up with this this idea for podcasts, would you, would you listen? I might. Yeah. I might. Yeah, I don't even listen to podcasts, but that one I might take seriously enough. You don't listen to any podcasts? No, no. Wow. I, I can't focus. Like, I can't listen to a podcast and do something else. Uh-huh. Because I just miss it. I just, and then at the end, I'm like, well, what are they even? I don't remember. Yeah. It's the same problem I have talking on the phone. I just can't. I can't do it and just oh, do anything God. else. At the Me same and the time, phone so. do not get along. Yeah, but for a five minute podcast, I think that would, especially if somebody going like. <laughs> well, that's why I, I'm wondering to what, to, like, how much straining and grunting would be going on. <laughs> it would obviously vary. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Mm. Are you pooping right now <laughs> while we're recording? Is no. this like the test run? <clears throat> no, no. The test runs? The test runs. Ew. Uh, don't know. I'll have a prototype. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking up a prototype right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this tea is helping out. Does tea make you poop? No. Uh, no, coffee maybe. But it's like, but... It's like gentle on your stomach. Though. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't think tea made you poop because... I would, I, I totally need advice on how to be better at it. At pooping? Yeah. I'm really bad at Prune it. Juice. Prune juice. Prune juice. Oh. That will regulate the shit out of you, literally. <laughs> you will not be able to help yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we can transition into reviews now. Yeah. I mean... Unless you want to we talk do about that poop. on this podcast. Oh yeah, this is a mobile video game podcast. This is not the shit cast. Um, hold on, <laughs> not I need a drink. Not the cornhog yet. <laughs> I wonder if we transition, anyone would notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent we, question. We could coordinate our bowel movements, <laughs> and we could all three of us be on the shitter at the <laughs> same <laughs> time. <laughs> we, just, we just each would record our own track. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go first. I've been playing a little game for iOS called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. This is a game developed by Cyber Dreams, uh, originally on the PC in 1995. Uh, it was ported by a company called .emu um, for iOS this year, just released a couple weeks ago. It's available for $3.99 on the Apple iOS application store. So this game, it's like a retro point-and-click adventure game, and it's a very like dystopian sci-fi story. It was originally a short story, I believe, by um, Harlan Ellison, who is a well-known 
sci-fi author. And um, it involves these five characters, and you can play through the game as all five of them, and they each have their own scenarios. Um, You actually have to do all five scenarios to finish the game. And the premise is like... (sighs) There's a lot going on. Okay, so there's this computer called AM, and AM is basically the god of its own... Of It's the only living thing left on Earth, basically. And somehow it has these five humans trapped within it. It's a massive computer, like, you know, like a... It's like fucking complex. It's huge. Gosh, this is really hard to explain but it, it basically killed the entire planet except for these five people that it keeps alive for the sole purpose of putting through putting them through these torturous horrible situations it's a very sadistic twisted story so when the game starts he's he being the computer am has been keeping these characters alive for 109 years they're basically immortal if they if you you can try to kill yourself in the game and you'll just start back at the beginning. Like, it does not let the people die, keeps them immortal so it can just continually torture them through mental torture, physical torture, everything. Um, And it puts them through these, like, to call them, like, VR simulations isn't totally true. Like, it seems like reality to the people, basically, but they know what's going on, but anyway... It's uh, it's a fucked up game. It's <laughs> it's the atmosphere is very depressing. It's got it's very hopeless game. Like I don't, you go okay, nothing good can happen. Like this, uh, I'm gonna spoil a little bit. One of the characters gets out and released to the surface of the earth, and it is a radioactive wasteland, and basically he will die within a very short amount of time from the nuclear winter or whatever going on. Um, and it's actually pretty spooky game just because of all that shit. There's a lot of very adult, very horrible themes of murder and rape and suicide and and like deviant sexual acts and and much much more. What was the original system this was on? PC. PC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the writing's pretty good. It's just so fucking grim. It can really upset those of you who who are very sensitive to certain topics. So watch out for that, and definitely do not let your kids play this game. But I like this genre. Like, I, I used to own a few games like this back, you know, back in the 90s on my Windows 95 PC, and I, I would say that this is one of the standouts. It's actually actually a fairly, fairly well-known game. Um, it was featured, actually, in a... I heard it for the first time in an issue of Game Informer about five years ago. They did, did a whole, like, full-page story about it. And it, I, I, for as shitty of a pile of fuck rags as Game Informer is, like, <laughs> I, I think it was really cool that they, they talked about this game that nobody nobody remembers this game. I, I will now, having played it, because it's it fucks with you. It It's a very spooky game. I don't know. It's true that it is a, bunch of, a pile of fuck rags. I did lose my virginity on a pile of Game Informer magazines. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta drink more. <laughs> the graphics in the game are very standard for this genre. This games of this era, um, slightly above sixteen bit, I would say. You know, nothing remarkable, but it's, it has this very nostalgic feel. Like I used to play this Sherlock Holmes game where you had to solve this like Jack the Ripper esque murder, and um, it looks very similar to that. I wish I could remember the name of that fucking game. Hey, if you remember the name of that fucking game, uh, write into Portable Power. Wait, Jack the Ripper? Yeah, it's a what Sherlock it? Holmes game where you have to like solve this like Jack the Ripper esque uh, murder. It might even be Jack Ripper. I don't know. No, it's not, because it takes place in the way later. Anyway, I don't know. The music in I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is, well, in my notes, I wrote ominous, unsettling, yet atmospheric. <laughs> so it's that, and it's good. It's very Sega Genesis-y, I would say, 
if you've played a Genesis, you know it's got almost almost tinny, but I don't mean tinny in a bad way. So it's that. It does have full voice acting, but I turn it off because some of the shit they say, like <laughs> when I'm playing at work in the break room, I just can't. I can't. You know, when they're talking <laughs> about people being raped and stuff, I'm like, I'm just gonna mute this. But especially for for the time, the voice acting is really good. I mean, games like Resident Evil and I think even like The Seventh Guest and stuff came out after this and their fucking acting was way worse they, they, they tried to incorporate the, like this um morality sort of mechanic into the game and i haven't fully grasped how it's used like if it affects the outcome of the stories so far the ending of the of all the characters that i've finished their scenarios like nothing good has happened and i i have a feeling that's just how the game goes but there are things that you do and there's a little like icon of your face at the bottom of the screen for each character and like they'll smile when when you're making a good decision or frown when you're making a bad decision but i don't really know if that affects the game and or the endings because i think there's at least two endings to the game maybe more i'm not really sure i have not finished it I've done three of the scenarios of the, of the five. Well, now we're going to move on to my complaints. My complaints are that it is a, it's not a bad port, but it needs an update. Like, there are parts of the game, since I'm playing on mute, that I'm not hearing the voiceovers, but the text isn't moving. So I'll only get half of the text, and mm. then I'll, I'll be like, what the, what, 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 finish the thought, you know? And I can't. Like, there's nothing I can push that makes the text scroll or anything like that. So they need to fix that. And the game does crash occasionally. I noticed I did something really weird. Like I tried to like take like a human heart and eat it or something. I don't know. I tried to do, because <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, oh, you find something on the ground and then it goes into your inventory and then you have to like say, use this with this or or push this or, or look at this and all this stuff. But so I've, I've tried some interesting combinations and, um, one of them made get the game crash, and it's crashed I think twice now on me. So I think I think at one or two updates, you know, we'll be good. There is like a question mark button because sometimes these games like there's a bunch of basically hot points on the screen. You you click on them, and then you know something can can be done. Even though like this, you've got this whole scene, and there's tons of crap going on. But one of the things I like about the port is like sometimes you'll walk into a room and be like, well, what can I touch and what can't I touch? And there's a little question mark button. You can touch that. shows you every like little hot point in the room. And then you can just figure out from there how you want to approach uh, basically every puzzle. But occasionally it's, it's just sometimes so obscure. You're like, I have no idea what to do. I finished one or two of the scenarios with no help, but eventually I was just like, I need, I need to start using a guide because it just got super just vague about what the hell I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go next. Um, my only other complaint is I wish I was playing on a larger screen because your finger is bigger than the, the points that you have to click on. So sometimes it's like you have to hit it like a bunch of times to figure out where the hell your finger is supposed to go. Oh, so like it just doesn't register if it... Yeah, and your character's okay. like walking around a character that you want to talk to or something. Yeah. So. Wow. But I recommend it, especially if you don't mind just becoming depressed and suicidal. So. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. How is it? Does it cost money? Yeah, it's four dollars. Four dollars. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I, I think this company Dot Emu um, has done a few of these kinds of ports. So I, I really like this genre. So I might I might check out more of their stuff. How would you describe this genre? You called it a genre a couple times. What genre would you say it is? I, I, I thought I sorry I thought I said it in the beginning. It's like point and click adventure. You you have to click on hot points on the screen to either pick up items or interact with items or interact with characters and basically yeah. solve puzzles to get from one area to the next. 
Uh, for some reason, I was interpreting that as the literary genre. So oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> literary genre is um, horror slash yeah. sci-fi <laughs> slash not politically correct at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very daring in how obscene it is, I would say. Sounds harrowing. Yes. We can move on from that. Emrys, let's hear about Amateur Surgeon 3. Yeah, well, let's talk about Amateur Surgeon 3. It's another dystopian horror genre. <laughs> I thought it was a pornography. <laughs> pornography? No, that's the game I came up with. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just a ripoff of Trauma Surgeon for the uh, DS. Trauma Center, yeah. Trauma Center, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. I guess if you're going to rip off a game, that's a pretty good game to choose when you're talking about a touchscreen interface. Unfortunately, their touchscreen interface sucks dick. <laughs> and so the game is not fun at all. Aww. The most basic thing that you do in that game, the most basic form of amateur surgery, is you repair big cuts in people. Because mm-hmm. you like make cuts to get access to their organs and stuff like that. And then you staple... like So the, the, the premise is that your surgical tools are funny like appliances and stuff like that. Like instead of a scalpel, you have a pizza cutter. Instead of a suturing thing, you have just a lighter. Instead of tweezers, you have tongs and ha ha. You have like clamps that are, I, they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> and like, instead of, I don't know, you have an electrical shocker that's hooked up to a car battery. Like it's supposed to be, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I think, I don't know. Well, I guess it's a, yeah, it's a funny idea, but it's just, like, exactly the same as Trauma Center. There's no, like, pizza cutter-ness to the scalpel action. You just literally draw a line and cut someone open with it. So it's not, Hmm. like, it's not like you have to, like, when I downloaded it, I was expecting something like Surgeon Simulator, which is, like, a popular Steam game. Yeah. Where you literally, like, you, like, attack people with these unwieldy controls. You, like, <laughs> you have to, like, move the hand to grasp the scalpel and then, like, draw the... And it's, it's and you end up, like, throwing body parts because the controls are so wacky. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that. It's just trauma center. So, the most basic action when you have a big cut is you're supposed to staple it shut. And I would tap on the screen... And it would register the tap because it would make the stapling sound. No staple would appear, and it would not even register as a miss. I was just, like, failing somehow to do anything to this game. And that's very frustrating. So you end up just stapling, like, just tapping, like, staple, you motherfucker. And then, Mm -hmm. not in, like, a fun surgeon way, like, I have to rescue this man. Just, like, fuck you, phone, do it. (laughs) Okay, so that was really annoying. The graphics are horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that would appeal to certain people. Like, if you like this sort of art style, you'll find these really, like, repulsive-looking drawings to be entertaining. Like, I can see somebody would like that. (laughs) Oh. Okay. It's very... How would you describe this? Like... Adobe Illustrator. Ren and Stimpy meets Flash animation, maybe. 
they show there's one where you're operating on a pug. Yeah, that's the first. That's the very first. It's like the tutorial. And a big booby robot in a bikini. Oh my shit! Like there were some surgeries where I, there was one. The guy was garroted. Okay, mm. and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I was horrified. Yeah, and like the very first thing you do is you have to like zap fleas and then like pick the fleas off of him. And I was mm. just filled with revulsion and disgust. Yeah. Which I think is, like, what the game was trying to accomplish, so I can't, like, criticize it for that. Good mm-hmm. job, game. But, like, I did not find it enjoyable at all. So, like, on top of the controls, I was, like, grossed out by the by the art. The surgeries were fucking boring. Like, especially if you've played all the way through Trauma Center, this is, like, it's bullshit. You, like, pick mm. the pieces out of people and you suture... So you end up, like, staple, 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 burn, 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 slather the whole thing with goo. Mm-hmm. It was really, like, routine. Like, by the time you get to the end of Trauma Center, there's, like, these horrifying parasites multiplying everywhere, and you have to, like, rapidly, like, tap and precisely manipulate the controls, mm-hmm. which was possible on this awesome DC DS touchscreen right. with a fucking stylus. It was great. This game, no. It was... It was just, and you're on a timer, you know, and it keeps track of your mistakes, and you have to, like, rack up a high score, so you get coins, and then the coins you spend on grindy, free-to-play bullshit. And then you use up a play if you, like, fail a mission, I think. I think you you don't use one up if you pass the mission, but I might be wrong, because I honestly didn't play that much. I found this <laughs> impulsive. Well, it's funny that they got to part three. You know, I honestly think that this might be the first game in the series. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was it was produced by Adult Swim. Oh. Which was one of the reasons that I thought it might be cool, mm-hmm. uh, because I knew it would have, like, a budget behind it. Gotcha. That Adobe Illustrator budget? Yeah. Oh, make sure you're, um, if you search for this game, make, sh- make sure you have safe, safe search on, because... <laughs> Shit comes up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin was saying it sounded like porn. Maybe. Yes. Maybe he There's, knows more than we do. There's something called Virgin Surgeon that I'm not going to elaborate on. And then there's quite a bit of photos of actual surgery that I'm I'm, I'm done with. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you it's the basic surgery stuff. Now, I got to one mission where you're supposed to, like, chainsaw cement out of people. Like, literally, you're... Hmm. And the controls were so bad that, like, you just, like, circle and circle and circle while the clock is ticking and, like, nothing seems to be happening. And then and then it goes away and you're like, oh, fuck me, I did it. And then uh-huh. you, like, and then you have to, like, chainsaw someone's stomach out and cut it up into pieces. God. And then it goes to the lungs and it's not telling you what to do. So I like chainsawed around the lungs or the kidneys or whatever. Mm. And then it wasn't working. It was just saying I was failing at everything. And I'm like, what did I do? I don't know what I did wrong. Yeah. So it wasn't really, I got frustrated real fast with it. And then there's like the story, which is really, <laughs> so like you, you play as like a female character which would be notable, except that your character really has no agency or like personality. Mostly they just go, what's going on? Because the things that are happening to them are so insane and produced by these like 
like horrible characters. <laughs> like the first character you meet is like your boss, who's just like whatever. He doesn't. He's incompetent. That's his mm-hmm. personality. He's incompetent. Then the second character you meet is a robot that spouts out medical terms that <laughs> sound dirty, but aren't like uvula. All right, pause for laughter. Let's let let everyone listening to this podcast catch their breath after that one. Because, oh boy, when you finish the surgery, you unlock his expanded dictionary. I'm making air quotes with my fingers. His expanded dictionary where he starts spouting dirty-sounding phrases that aren't medically related. Because after uvula, they ran out immediately. (laughs) That's actually funnier. Yeah, they had to bring in ball cock. Oh, well. That's part of a toilet. And they <laughs> even tell you, like, like he says, he shouts, because he has, he has Tourette syndrome, okay, guys? This <laughs> robot has Tourette syndrome. That's how they make robots. So he shouts, uvula, uvula, uvula. And then your character literally says, oh, that's the thing in the back of your throat, like, <laughs> Ball cock. I'll show you something in the back of your throat. Oh, yeah. My ball That's cock. That's part of a toilet. Yeah, and so, like, it's just, it was just a drag. Maybe the game gets really cool later on where you're, like, actually, because the cool thing about Trauma Center was that it, like, made you, it, like, wasn't actual surgery, but it, like, made you feel, like, skilled at manipulating all these tools and, like, yeah. draining the fluids and, like, wiping the stuff, and then, so you had this, like, energy going. And, you know, you would, if you were, like, losing your patient, you could, like, hit them with this syringe. And all you had to do in trauma surgery, all you do is tap. And you tap, and you administer the syringe. In this fucking game, you have to select the syringe, you tap, to, and then you have to carefully fucking drag the plunger down on this syringe. Now, the very first thing that happens is you tap, and your finger... And your hand is in the way, so you cannot even see this syringe. And then you have to, like, so you have to, like, lift your hand and then drag it at this. And it will it will give you a big old fuck you if you go too fast or too slow. And the whole time you're being timed. And so you're just, like, battling with this syringe just so that your patient will live another few seconds. I was real frustrated with it. Uh, but it made me it made me appreciate the quality of Trauma Surgeon all the more. So I highly recommend that game for the DS. You get a DS for real cheap, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't have ads that pop up every thirty Ooh. seconds that block Ooh. the whole screen, which is annoying enough. But these ads have a timer, and so you have to look at that ad for three whole seconds, and you don't even see the ad. You don't even see what it's advertising at all. I have no fucking clue. Because I was just looking at the goddamn timer, going like, go away, I want to hit no thank you, (laughs) so that I can go back to this game where after you finish a mission, you have to wait half an hour before you can do another one, because it has free-to-play timers on it, like you do. After half an hour, I was like, I god, I guess I have to play more. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can do the podcast. <laughs> so sometimes when you go on the Google Play Store looking for a game to do for your mobile games podcast, sometimes you find 10 billion wives, which endears itself to you and you play for three whole months. 
That's insane. And sometimes, sometimes you find a game like Amateur Surgeon 3, which is an unremarkable, free-to-play, cash-grab ripoff of Trauma Surgeon. Right. But at least it's better than playing Doctor. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I disagree. <laughs> It depends what kind of doctor. Well, Emerson and I talked about creating a game called Amateur Gynecologist, so <laughs> I think would be significantly better. Uh, you'd have it trouble. You'd have trouble getting it on the App Store. I think the, the iTunes. What about what happen. about what about Google Play? Google Play, I think, would swing it. I think Google you, gives zero shits. Yeah, Let's I think do it. You have to rub the screen so fucking hard. <laughs> 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 I don't even know what the gameplay would be like. You get in the the speculum. Yeah. As long as you can play it with one hand. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there there are there are like iOS games about female masturbation. There was one notable oh. one not too long ago. I think it I think it might have been like a bootleg DS game. Like they made a DS cartridge. No but shit. It was never like sold in stores, but it was about it was about a rabbit, and you had to like manipulate the rabbit so the rabbit would get excited and will, like shoot fireworks or something. Wow. Does it utilize the phone's vibrate function? Oh, obviously. Okay. The voice input too, clearly. But but in a sensual way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's tasteful. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing but quality. Well, what score would you give? Amateur Surgeon 3. I give Amateur Surgeon 3 one star out of three games. And the other two games are Trauma Center? Yes. Let me see if I can find Amateur Surgeon 1 and 2. Maybe there's a whole franchise of these. Maybe people liked it that way. Well, all the problems you you mentioned with Part 3, it's hard to imagine they got past Parts 1 or 2. Ugh! That's what there's we do. Lots, there's actually a lot of games that are exactly like this one. There's like mm. Crazy Doctor, which even has the same art style. I want to see Michael J. Fox, MD. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> there's a plastic surgery. Here's a game I might have to review next month. Plastic Surgery, the icon for which is just a finger rubbing a boob. <laughs> I've spit all over my computer screen so many times this episode. Yeah, that's, that's marketing I can get behind. It's right above Torture the Murderer, too. Oh. Do you torture a murderer, or is it a murderer named Torture? Okay, guys, this got dark in a hurry because here's Pregnant Surgery Simulator. <laughs> that's, that doesn't sound safe. There is an Amateur Surgeon 1 and 2. I see them right now on the App Store. Amateur Surgeon... Foot surgery. For those foot fetishists. There's the actual surgeon simulator with a premium price tag. Crazy hospital, knee surgery, eye surgery. Oh, God. Um, <sighs> kids skincare doctor, ankle surgery, heart surgery, kidney surgery, ambulance surgery, toe surgery, clumsy scarecrow jump. That's not surgery. Eye doctor, and one of the screens looks like the scene in Clockwork Orange where they have the dude's eyes pried open and he's wide. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that movie like three weeks ago. Oh, was it the first time? Yeah. I want to talk to you about the ending of that, game, of that movie at some point. Okay. To this day, I still don't know what the ending means. Uh, brain surgery simulator, 
hand surgeon simulator, crazy surgeon, pet surgery. Ew. The funny thing about pet surgery is they're not like, they don't look like pets. They look like furries. Like they have human <laughs> attributes. We've fallen down the rabbit hole here. Clearly the surgery games for the mobile phone is like a thriving ecosystem. Teddy bear doctor, Halloween doctor, leg surgery, brain surgery, farm surgery, amateur dentist, ear surgery, ribs surgery, nose surgery, Holy shit, hair transplant doctor. The weird thing, the weird thing about this is that they're all made by different developers. Yeah. That's just the fucking weird the weird wilderness of of iOS and Android games, man. Here's knee surgery doctor. This kid looks like he has polio. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, man. Celebrity skin surgery. You can actually do uh, celebrity. You can do skin surgery on Tyrion Lannister. Princess foot surgery for all the fucking weird ass foot fetish crazy people out there. Army surgeon, thigh surgeon, disturbed dentist. You can do dentist work on Santa Claus. It's Superman surgeon, I guess. Holy fuck, dude. It just, it's not ending. Next thing you know, there will be a game about cutting up dove-shaped turds in a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrity ear surgeon is my new favorite because it has, like, pictures of celebrities, but then their ears are enlarged to the point where, like, they're as big as their head, and you have to go in their ear with, like, robot arms and shit and get all these, like, bugs and pimples out of them. Oh, my gosh. The list never ends. I will never, this podcast will never end if... I don't stop talking about the, all the copycat games out there. available right now on the Wii U Virtual Console for $7.99, I believe. I forget. It was. It's originally a Game Boy Advance game released in 2004. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to play this game for a long time. It is literally the first item to this day on my Amazon wish list, but I've never gotten around to buying it or playing it. It's a very Nintendo-style remake of the original NES game called um, Metroid. Perhaps you've heard of it. So it's not just like... I mean, of course, it's not just a straight port because it's completely different hardware. But like, they did a lot of reimagining. I mean, even even like Ocarina of Time 3D or Majora's Mask 3D. Like when they do some of their remakes, they really go all out and like re- add a lot and redo a lot. So there's like new areas in in this one that aren't in the original, like the Chozo ruins. And by the way, we need more Chozo in the Metroid games. I think the Chozo are like this bird-like alien species that raised Samus Aran. The, the, the main character of Metroid, and created the suit that she wears, the iconic suit of the main character in Metroid. So I, I would really like to see more Chozo in future Metroid games. I think they have a very interesting past, and they've, they've only shown so much in, in, in 
the other games. But there's also um, new puzzles in this one, new new paths that you can take, new weapons and abilities that they've taken straight from like games that came after the original Metroid, like you know, Super Metroid or Metroid Fusion, and I think even Metroid Prime. There might be a few uh, items in here from. Um, but the graphics of this game are, are basically Super Nintendo quality. It's a Game Boy Advance game. I would say though that Super Metroid is a still a better looking game. Like the animation, the visual effects in Super Metroid are way better than Metroid Zero Mission. Like, even just in the original Super Metroid, like, when Samus was just standing there, there's so much fucking shit going on. Like, the way she, like, just moves and breathes and, like, it looks like, like there's, like, lights moving on her suit and stuff like that. And in this one, it's not like that. Like, Samus just sat there, stationary, frozen. Just extrapolate that, and that's basically the, whole, the how the whole game looks. Like, almost as good as Super Metroid, but with without a lot of those kinds of touches. They redid all the music, and it, I mean, it's still the same songs, but they're like remixed versions, and I have to say, they, they I don't know, I feel like they dropped the ball. Like, the quality is almost like Super Nintendo quality again. It's a little, not quite as good. The Game Boy Advance sound trip wasn't amazing. But I don't know, like, those, these iconic songs, they redid them, and they're like parts of them that I'm like, that's really cool. But then there's a lot of parts where I'm just like, Ooh. and in addition to that, like they seem so short and it becomes very repetitive. And yeah, I mean, this, the music in these kinds of games like are always repetitive, I, I, I guess. But like this one, I don't know, the, all the songs just seem too short. Maybe it's just because they're not quite up to, to par for me. A lot of the sound effects are very Super Metroid. Like, they might even be sampled from that game. I don't even know. But, I mean, I don't know. If you just imagine playing the original Metroid for NES, but somehow it was on a Super Nintendo, if that makes any sense. Like, it's this game. There's cutscenes now, though. And the cutscenes, I think, are so bad that it's, like, jarring. Like, the, the artwork doesn't mesh well with the style of this game. I don't know what... It looks like mid-90s shitty shareware Mac game. <laughs> I, can't even, I, don't, I, mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, the artwork's just not good in the cutscenes, I think. And so it, it just... It carries over into some of the areas. Like, I don't know. They, it's, it's almost like they had separate artists working on certain things. And, like, those people that worked on those cutscenes... They did a couple like the backgrounds and stuff, and it just it just sticks out. It looks so different from everything else that I, I it's poopy. So it's on the virtual console on the Wii U, and so there's save states, but I, I mean I definitely use them, but at the same time, like this is probably the easiest Metroid game I've ever played. Like uh, as of recording, having played like I think three days now, like I'm already a Ridley. And I, I mean, if you know where you're going, I think in the original Metroid, like it's pretty easy to get where you need to go. But like, that's the only, I mean, other than this, because I'm not quite done with it, but like it, the original Metroid is the only Metroid game I've never finished. Like it's, it's it, a little more difficult than this and a little more obscure than this one in, in terms of like how to solve the puzzles and the, finding the paths to where you need to go. And, and this one, like it literally just tells you where you need to go. You'll find these certain statues that just like light, they like light little beacons on the map and you just need to find out how to get to those parts where, so, I mean, that's good for people that like always got stuck in Metroid games. And like, I remember my first time playing like Super Metroid or even Metroid 2 and like just being stuck for like weeks like not knowing where to go. So this game really solves that, but it does I feel like it makes it a little too easy. I don't I don't know. I don't have a good idea for what a happy uh, middle ground would be. It sounds like I might like this cuz I always <laughs> get lost in Metroid games. Yeah. Uh, it's very handholdy. 
So I don't know if you, there's there's three difficulties. So if you just play on easy and you know you just find all the which which is not hard. You just explore a little bit. Like look at your map and go, oh that area is still gray, or whatever, and you'll generally find where you need to go. I don't know. You probably like it. The controls they're good. They're they're fine. It's very Metroid Fusion-esque in terms of the controls, which is just a slightly altered Super Metroid. Plays like a side-scrolling 16-bit Metroid game with just a few like little things. Like in Fusion, in Fusion, you could grab on two ledges, and you can do that in this game. So that's pretty cool. And replay, like I said, there's like three difficulties. I guess there's eight different endings. I read that. I don't know myself. All of them, I'm sure, involve Samus undressing to varying degrees, which is sort of the the standard for the Metroid games. I like it. I don't love it. I'm glad I only paid $8 as opposed to like the 30 or 40 or whatever for the original cartridge. I remember playing Metroid Zero sometime after Metroid Prime came out. Okay. Because Metroid Prime was really my first like exposure, I think, to Metroid. And I really enjoyed the Game Boy Advance games like Fusion and Zero. I really liked them both. Fusion's better than this, but yeah. I don't remember like having a strong basis of comparison between them. Like I never really went I was just like, fuck yeah, Metroid and like played the shit out of both of them. I'm not this is not an accusation on you, Mark. But if you're a little less like exposed to the Super Nintendo Metroid, that this will really hit the spot. Yeah, sure. If you haven't played a lot of the 2D Metroid games, uh, that's a that's actually a pretty good observation. Yeah, I would recommend this game for Kevin. <laughs> Have you finished Super Metroid ever, Kevin? No. In, in all fairness, it was given to me in a box of like ten other Super Nintendo games. Given to you, my God. <laughs> so I put it. In my Super Nintendo long enough to make sure it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stopped, and I haven't gone back to it. Mm. Metroid is one of those weird platform games that I actually like to play. <laughs> like, that's very unusual for me to get uh, invested in a platform game. Metroid always made the cut. Yeah. Fuck yeah. My favorite Nintendo series. So, bias! But whatever. <laughs> I have a new... This is a new development... Uh, a shelf for all my video games, and my three Samus figures and my giant-ass Metroid figure are all smiling at me as I'm talking about them. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I can I can never tell what facial expression Samus is making. <laughs> you can kind of see her eyes sometimes. It's the I have a metal wedgie face, because you know that it hurts when she goes into the ball form. Like, it can't be comfortable. I don't know, those Chozo, they, they work miracles. Yeah, well, they'd have to. To get those hips into that little ball, I don't know. In Metroid Prime, there's a lot of, like, Chozo lore that you can find. That was what made me play Metroid Prime as long as I did, was, like, reading shit about the Chozo. Like, yeah. I cannot play first-person games, but I found it fascinating. To my knowledge, we've never really seen them in a game. Like, we've in Metroid yeah. Prime, you've seen, you, you fight their ghosts, which is kind of weird. And, like, in all the Metroid games, there's the statues that look like them. Right. They kind of look like parakeets in those games. Yeah, the crazy bird statues. Right. I would like... To, I mean, I know that we've already done, like, the prequel thing, because the Metroid timeline is as fucked up as the Zelda timeline. Like, it's all oh, over the yeah. place, and every time they release a game, it's like, oh, it's actually a prequel to the sequel of the prequel of the sequel. I, I wouldn't mind going back in time if they're going to set it in, like, the early days of Samus and the Chozo. That'd be amazing. But I think all the Chozo are dead now. I think, like, the original Metroid is the... It takes place on Zebes or Zebes or whatever the hell it's called. And I believe that was the Chozo's 
home planet and they were annihilated by the space hearts and the metroids and then there was the planet in metroid prime one that was inhabited by chozo and they of course were annihilated by space pirates and metroids <laughs> i might have my lore wrong but yeah i mean they pretty much are just victim to holocausts wherever they go that's a real shame they seemed like such nice bird people they're wonderful they're absolutely wonderful people see it's really it's samus's fault for always showing up like a week late yeah totally so that's our episode everybody we did things <laughs> my friend just sent me a gif of a dog pushing a chair out from under a guy and then he drops his dinner on his chest (laughs) (laughs) so i'm drunk oh yeah me too i've noticed something number one that this mississippi mud has a screw top cap and i threw away the screw top cap like 15 minutes ago and yet every time i reach for it i try to unscrew the cap (laughs) um number two that Whenever I become inebriated on the podcast, I tend to announce it like I'm a 19-year-old sorority girl, and I apologize to all the listeners for three years of me going, I'm drunk and saying things, because when I listen to it sober, I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) I just, I, it's nice because, like, when I listen back to the podcast, it's like I wasn't there. Yeah. Sometimes, Yeah. It's not that we get blackout drunk, because I don't think any of us have ever gotten that drunk on the show. No. I was stoned once. Uh, I remember that. First time. Anyway, this has been an episode of Portable Power Tangent Podcast, and (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you guys in a couple weeks when we do our special Stella Glow episode. Yeah, the Valentine's Day Stella Glow episode. Aww. It's the post-sex Stella Glow that you get. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, man, and this can be all about teen girls. Copulate with your loved one and then tune into our podcast. Copulate with your loved one and not with teen girls. Speaking of which, I was at Fry's, which Fry's is a fucking awesome like electronics store in California, and they had a bunch of copies of Senran Kagura Burst for 3DS, the collector's edition, and I almost picked it up, but... I just can't. If you're familiar with this game, there's a lot of big booby girls, and I think there's a lot of um, interacting with the boobs in the games. But the packaging is really nice, and the graphics are really nice, and I don't even... The gameplay seems RPG-ish. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's more like hack and slash. I couldn't really tell, but I'm a sucker for certain Japanese things, even if it is disgusting. Like, (coughs) there's a sweet spot, and there's this sweet spot in, like, the Japanese, like, perversion... (laughs) for lack of a better description, that like where it's very self-aware. It knows it's being ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous and understands that no one's actually, you know, aroused by what's going on or, or whatever. Oh, there are people who are aroused by that, and they're called pedophiles. I guess What so. game are you talking about here, Mark? It's called Senran Kagura Burst for 3DS. I saw a copy of it the other day. I almost picked it up too, but I, uh, it's still a little too expensive. Yeah, it was full price. 40 bucks, because it's fairly new. You need to check out this game, Dragon's Crown. Oh, yeah. See, but that's the uh, that's the other side of the coin, I feel like. I feel like that <laughs> game was made to be sexy, and that's when, that's when that kind of fucking, that mentality fails to me. I was looking at this game, and the art seems really fucking cool. Oh, it's Vanillaware. Vanillaware game, like, um, Muramasa, um, what's the one for PS2, Kevin? Oh, uh, Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere, gorgeous games oh my gosh they're so beautiful 
and I was really excited for Dragon's Crown, but it is so pervy yeah, on very... the level where I can't accept it to being pervy. I actually heard about it from this cracked article about pervy video games, so mm. it's quite titillating. <laughs> I love it. I love that tit isn't the word titillate. I just want to. I just want to put that out into the universe. Okay. All right. We're ending on that note. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Good night, everybody. For more of this. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye forever, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go over to portablepower.popularoutcast.com. Clear your cookies or use incognito mode. Do the shopping that you'd normally do. We'll get a small cut of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you. Help us get noticed. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the Portable Power Podcast. Get in touch with us. Maybe you'd like to send us a game review request or your own answer to our question of the week. You can email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com or use Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast. Or get in touch with us on Twitter at portablepowerfm. Drink responsibly and listen to the next episode of the Portable Power Podcast so you can witness what happens when people don't.